Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> so we're going to cut that out. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it's my first podcast. I'm nervous. <laughs> We all pay a mortgage every month, just sometimes it's our landlord's mortgage we're paying. Welcome to the 50th episode of How to Lend Money to Strangers with Brendan LaGrange. In the year it has taken me to get here, the average renter in the UK would have paid just under £12,000 to their landlord. If that same money had gone into their own mortgage repayments every month, the property that mortgage had funded, with zero down payment just to keep things simple, would have appreciated by £21,000. So step right up and double your money. And sure, it is oversimplified, and the sort of growth we've seen isn't going to happen every year. So I am being a bit facetious, but you can see how home ownership can become such an important path to wealth. Now, another big problem with the example I just quoted is that the mortgage I spoke about would only have funded a property purchase of £200,000 in a market where the average house is now £300,000. Plus, and this is probably the biggest problem, there is no such thing as zero down payment. So you need to have money available for that. And for the stamp duty, and for the solicitor's fees, and for the surveyor's fees. And it all becomes so expensive that maybe we'll just have to wait until our salaries can catch up. But that's a race where the odds are heavily stacked against us. To put a 20% down payment on the average house in the UK just 10 years ago would have required about £30,000 which would have been a lot of money. In fact, for a typical household, that would represent about 13 months of their entire after-tax income. So yeah, too expensive for many. But now that same household would need to find £60,000 to put a 20% down payment on the average house, having already paid over £100,000 in rental in the meantime. Enter OnLadder, a UK-based fintech which sets out to make first-time home buying feasible again. I'm speaking to their co-founder and CEO, Cameron Orcutt. Hi, Cameron. Thank you for hosting me here at your offices at OnLadder, and welcome to the show. Together with Sam Hatley, you founded OnLadder as a UK-based fintech focused, as the name suggests, on getting first-time buyers onto the property ladder. But before we get into that, I was doing some LinkedIn sleuthing, and I'm guessing you two met at Imperial College in London, but neither of you would have taken the obvious route there. So let's start by just looking at your background a little bit. What were you doing before on Ladder? Yeah, sure. Uh, and it's great to be here. Uh, great to meet you and uh, happy to be a part of your podcast. Yeah, with regards to uh, our backgrounds, 
you know, we're currently starting a fintech lender to get people on the property ladder faster. But we took a bit of an unorthodox path to where we are now. My background is I did seven years of tax accounting for hedge funds and private equity funds in New York. I'm a CPA, so certified public accountant. You know, I learned a lot of great technical skills during that career, but I got to about year six of that and decided that I never wanted to do tax accounting ever again. (laughs) It's exactly as boring as it sounds. So I ended up deciding that I didn't want to do that anymore and then started looking at my options. And the MBA seemed like a good way in which to diversify the skill set, broaden my network, and just do something different. So ended up looking around at my options. A lot of the MBAs in the US are overly expensive, but you know some of the MBAs in, in Europe are just as good for essentially half the price. And from a value perspective, that's something that was important to me approaching age 30 and after a couple of years working. So ended up uh, deciding on Imperial. They have a great entrepreneurship program there and essentially was surrounded by very entrepreneurial-minded MBA candidates, including Sam. So that's where we ultimately met, and that's where this project originated. So as you said, your background's in tax planning, which isn't really an obvious sort of precedent to either entrepreneurship or mortgage innovation. So what was it that turned your minds together towards OnLadder? Honestly, it just started with networking. I had zeroed in on fintech as something I might want to go into just because financial tax, financial services background, it just seemed like a logical next step. But I didn't know a lot about the space. And I did some you know, desktop research, but you can learn so much by just going out to events and talking to people. And London is a great, is a great place for that. So when I was just getting my feet wet in London, having just moved, I started going to these fireside chats, fintech founders, and seeing the CEO of Augmentum Fintech, or Fluidly, or wherever. And it's just like a couple of extremely experienced people in the fintech space talking about the big challenges that people face. Just the opportunity to go to things like that and talk to people from different parts of fintech. And I think there was a point where I was talking to a founder who actually was from Imperial as well and was working on a prop tech app to help first-time buyers buy their own home and organize the home buying process. And I think the, the original iteration of this project is it's ultimately to use the equity in the home to help home buyers accomplish their financial goals. And it actually originated with potentially tokenizing property. As we went along, as Sam and I worked on this, we eventually zeroed in on the first-time home buyer problem, though. And the best way to go about doing that was to provide a deposit loan. So there was a bit of an arc to this, starting off with something that maybe wasn't exactly uh, doable from a regulatory standpoint, or practically speaking, after we talked to a bunch of experts. Um, but we iterated and we whittled it down to something that could work. And you know, we're currently building towards right now. Yeah, and I'm going to come back to that a little bit later, because it is one of those problems that it doesn't sound very sophisticated, but is fundamentally the biggest problem in the market where you know, inflation's on the rise again. But even before that, the rate at which houses get more expensive for a long, long time has outstripped the rate at which real wages are growing. And that means every day you don't have the down payment, it becomes harder to get a down payment. And yeah, until that problem solved, it's going to remain uh, an elusive goal. But it's a goal. I mean, I've said this before in other shows, almost every fintech, almost any lender who's doing access to credit talks about that mortgage down the line and why it's important to build a credit file. It's always for that mortgage, for that buying that house. Um, it's a goal 
most people have. So yeah, great to hear some innovation happening here. When you were building on ladder, you would have started this right in the heart of those on and off lockdowns right. when the sort of fireside chats and discussions, the casual uh, research. Those, those all went away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was that like? I mean, it's a risk as well to take on a new business. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the world, well, the world's not settled yet at the moment either, but certainly it was an unsettled time to strike out in a foreign country. What was that like? No, certainly it was, it was, I mean, there are a lot of people that had a worse time than I did. I, I don't want to you know, make any bones about it. I feel very privileged to you know, jump from a career in New York to London, but it was still nonetheless, it was a strange time. And you know, just to set this up and provide context, you know, Sam and I are using this MBA, this still expensive MBA, in order to propel our careers into the next stage of our lives. And a pandemic happens and everyone has to change the way in which they work, which they network. And yeah, that affects MBA candidates as well. So there's, there's disappointment when it initially happens. There's the shock of, oh my God, we're all getting locked into our apartments, <laughs> our, our flats. But there's also just like a little bit of disappointment in the plans that we had been ironing out for the past six months have just gone up in smoke. And I think after like the first two weeks of just trying to get used to this new normal, really, I think that was when it was apparent that things have stopped, but they haven't truly stopped. And it's up to us to make the best of this. I think that was when like the switch kind of just flipped. I was not exactly willing to let this MBA experience blow up. So what ended up happening was we had had this idea around supplementing a deposit, but we still needed to learn a lot about the UK home buying process, how things are done here. And for that, you need to talk to people. Now, there's no events that are out there that we can go to, obviously, but there are other ways to contact people. And for us, for me, LinkedIn was a huge source. This all started, and like the initial motivation to really go for it was I just started messaging people we had no business talking to. <laughs> uh, one of them was Mark Prisk, a former housing minister here who helped bring about Help to Buy back in 2013. Sent him a message. This is what we're working on. We'd love to pick your brain about things. He was more than happy to take the call. And him just going like, you should continue talking to people. That was definitely a motivating factor in propelling this forward. And from there, we just started reaching out to over a dozen different mortgage lenders, brokers, capital providers, dozens and dozens of home buyers. And you know, we were able to, over the course of less than two years, iterate into a product that is something that home buyers want, brokers can sell, mortgage lenders can lend alongside, and that backs into what is a good investment for capital providers. You're listening to How to Lend Money to Strangers. This is the 50th episode of the show, and we greatly appreciate all the support we've had to date, both from first-time listeners and subscribers. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's turn our focus from the why behind On Ladder to the what you're doing. So technically, I've bought a house before, but in the UK context, I'm a first-time buyer, mm -hmm. and I'm actually currently looking for a house. So if I was to work with On Ladder, what does that look like in practical terms? What are you offering to people in my sort of position? Essentially, what we're offering is a deposit supplement. It's a, it's a deposit loan that will push down the amount of the first charge mortgage you need in order to buy that first home. By lowering the amount of that first charge mortgage, it lowers the payments for it, makes it more affordable, and thus makes the home more affordable. On a more detailed basis, the way it works is, let's say you're a first-time home buyer. You go to buy a house. It's a 5% deposit, which is unfortunately just the standard for first-time buyers now. 
And let's say you go to you know, a first charge lender, a Lloyd's, a nationwide, and they only give you an 80% LTV mortgage. There's still 15% of the home that's missing that you'd help with if they don't help, have help from their parents. You, know, you were talking about earlier, you know, wages and house price growth, they do not line up, and they haven't for nearly two decades. So what we do is, in order to get around that problem, we provide them with a deposit supplement for 15%. And what we want to do is make this a flexible form of financing. It's not fixed principal or interest, but it's tied to the value of the house. And there's small monthly repayments as you go along to not trip up the first charge lender's affordability assessment, but you can pay the majority of it back when it best suits you. So when you go to a mortgage, you use the first charge loan to consolidate your debt, or when you go to sell. And this way makes it easier from a personal financing standpoint and also easier for the first charge lender to accept our clients. Yeah, it's such a a powerful need. And it's one of those ones that sometimes is is brushed under the covers, as it were, just left, as you said, for bank of mom and dad Mm. uh, to resolve, but never directly addressed. And it's quite interesting to me when I was in Hong Kong, I noticed an odd little trend there where the mortgage demand from Generation Z, from uh, young borrowers, Mm -hmm. used to move in parallel with the personal loan demand for borrowers age 70 plus. And the average value of those personal loans was really high. So what was happening there was that whenever young people were looking to buy a house, the grandparents were taking out a personal loan and then moving the money across to the youngsters to make the deposit. Mm -hmm. So there was a little triangle going where the exact same process was happening to get into the property ladder. Mm-hmm. And young borrowers, or first-time borrowers in general, I think first-time borrowers are probably not that young anymore given how hard it is to get there. But right. you're obviously dealing in this day-to-day and, and seeing it much closer than me. Why are first-time borrowers having such a hard time getting onto the property ladder? Certainly. A part of it is definitely uh, what we were talking about before with wage growth not keeping up with property price growth. That's definitely a part of it. But another part of it is what has happened since the financial crisis. Obviously, that was a very turbulent time for financial markets, and regulators took notice of what was you know, wrong with the market. And there was a lot of ills. There was something uh, in the UK market where there was a high rate of people self-certifying their income, which fortunately, they did away with that. But the main reasons that you know, first-time buyers are having issue, it does have to do with rules that regulators put into place in order to make the financial system more resilient. And two big ones are loan-to-income uh, ratios that lenders have to abide by, only 15% of their new lending can be above four and a half times debt-to-income. So if you look at any of the metrics from you know, the UK property market, I think right now the, the highest income-to-value is like 11, uh, depending on where you are in the country. That is one thing that's going to put the brakes on a first-time buyer getting on the ladder. And that's what makes bank of mom and dad so important and what we're doing thus important. Another big rule that they have here is the, uh, the interest rate stress tests. So the way it'll work is they won't test the fixed interest rate that a borrower is paying. They'll test the standard variable rate that it reverts to after the fixed rate deal. So let's say you have a two-year fixed rate. It could be a 2% you know, interest rate you're paying for now, but then it could revert to 4.5%. What lenders are required to do is to test at that 4.5% rate plus 3 and so really, even though we're, well, now it seems like interest rates are going up, but previously we we're in historically low interest rate market and people were being tested at 7%. It's a very extreme 
level on top of extreme yeah. prices. Now that last one is actually in the process of being changed. So the, the PRA has done a review and they've looked at that one, the stress test, and have said that they're going to allow the FCA rules to reign. I think the FCA rules are only like 1% above SVR. So that's going to provide a little bit more flexibility, but you still have that loan-to-income rule, which is really putting the brakes on things for first-time buyers. Yeah, and I think the heartbreaking thing is that you're paying a mortgage anyway. Whether you get a mortgage or not, you're paying a mortgage. It's just either it's your mortgage for your house or it's your landlord's mortgage for the house that you're renting. And, mm-hmm. and so I can understand the need for affordability checks. I can understand we want to avoid a subprime-type crisis where people lose their homes because of bad lending. But mm-hmm. you know, mortgages are, there's bad credit. We all know the sort of story of payday lending. There's credit that's a bit in between around the credit card space, buy now, pay later, those sort of areas where, depending on your point of view, could lean one way or the other. But mortgage, as I already said, it's that goal of almost all middle-income, lower-income families, unless you're already sitting on great wealth, mortgage is that route to financial stability. Mm-hmm. And if we think now with inflation, it's also a fantastic inflation hedge because, sure, whenever you buy a house, you buy the nicest house you can afford. It's a stretch for the first few years. But every year after that, relatively speaking, and more so as it's inflationary, your mortgage repayments become less and less of a problem to bear, whereas rental doesn't work that way. Rental just goes up and up. And uh, I think that's what makes mortgages special and sitting on the outside looking and saying, well, this market, this dream that we've always had gets further and further away mm-hmm. is very difficult to bear. And yeah, as you said, that regulation environment isn't easy to understand. And I guess that's one of the reasons we don't hear a lot of fintech or disruption in mortgages. I've spoken to quite a few people doing personal loans, and now credit cards become a little bit easier as well for a fintech to get up, create a brand and start going. Mm. But in my mind, at least, mortgage has been the badlands where the banks are sitting on these huge vaults of free capital. Mm. They can price you down, and the loan is such that you'll take the cheapest one because small differences make a lot in terms of cost. But now you are going into the space. So within that financial services ecosystem, where do you see on ladder existing? Right. So we view our role as complementary. We're there to get first-time homebuyers on the housing ladder, but also it's to better enable mortgage lenders to provide their loans to first-time buyers. Mortgage lenders are currently hamstrung by the rules that we just outlined. And they know that first-time buyers are a huge source of growth for them. So partnering with a company like us will help them from a commercial aspect, of course. The commercial aspect is there. Yeah, we have all the, you know, the ingredients for them in order to take this forward. And they all, they all recognize it. But it's really after that when things get, start to get tough talking to them. Now it's about proving that, you know, this is something that is something that they can partner with, that they can trust us, that, you know, this loan is going to get them on the ladder and help them stay there. So we believe that the people around us, uh, our advisors, our director, Jackie Bennett, our advisor, Richard Tugwell, we believe that. Now it's about breaking down the barriers. It's tough to make change in there. And the communication aspect of this is key. How do we take what is a great product and make sure that they understand and empathize with their situation and make sure that they're in a position to say yes? Partnering with the first charge lender is certainly important to us. We want to make sure we're on a first name basis with them so that they feel comfortable lending alongside us. But we're ultimately going to be an uh, intermediary based lender. 
So what that means is we want to partner with uh, the mortgage intermediaries that are out there that can bring the kind of scale we need in order to you know, actually you know, make a dent in the first-time homebuyer problem and solve it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, I had a conversation with the Mortgage Club yesterday, and it's the same conversation. It's, you know, how do we make sure, how do we bridge the gap between the innovation that we're bringing to the market versus what they know? And what their what their their fears could be based off of past products that been in market. So really, it's it, right now. It's about communication. It's about patience. It's about empathy for us. And we want to make sure that we partner with these intermediaries because they provide the crucial advice to first time buyers who are vulnerable in this process. They've never bought a home before, and the home buying process is, to put it simply, an absolute nightmare <laughs> to go through. So. A broker that can you know take a accurate financial snapshot for that customer, break down the process a bit for them, make them feel comfortable about them you know making the largest purchase of their life is important for our customers, and that's why we want to make sure we partner with them. It is a formidable challenge in terms of all the paperwork you've got to do, mm-hmm. all the the thoughts of going through you know income checks, that stress. Yeah, this is not a time we need more stress in people's yeah, lives. So, right. Yeah. And there's so many different aspects of this when you're going to, into it for the first time that are, are ultimately pitfalls. It's not just about getting the financing together. It's also about things like surveys, home surveys, and the difference between that and evaluation. I'm writing an article around this right now because this is one of the big problems. It's the information gap for first-time buyers. It sounds boring. It sounds like something that is, you know, they'll just learn about. But we've talked to home buyers and they've made, they've made some serious mistakes with these and choosing the wrong kind of survey, which if they had only spent on a more stringent survey, which is maybe 200 quid more, they could have potentially saved three grand. Well, uh, yeah, I'll add my, my vote to that. We, we bought a house and uh, the surveyor came and then he sent me a photo and there was a couple of inches of water uh, underneath in, in a cellar. You know, we left Hong Kong in large part because our daughter had a lot of problems with the with breathing in the air, mm-hmm. and we don't want mold and all those sort of things. And yeah, you know, that family been living there happily; they hadn't noticed. Right. It probably wasn't a big deal, but for us, that was why we pulled out the house. And mm-hmm. yeah, if we had lived there, it wasn't the house was going to fall down. So by all means, we could have paid the money and and had it fixed and mm-hmm. learned an expensive lesson, but. In a country like that, the house might be a thousand years old, so <laughs> you've got to, <laughs> you can't just kick it and see what it's like. Now, you mentioned their bank of mum and dad. I actually interviewed Craig Smith from Just Lend right near the beginning of the show, who's reinventing the bank of mum and dad. But why has it been so long that that's the only alternative that you need to have come from 
sort of a middle income or, or richer family to have had access to mum and dad and maybe some uncles and aunts helping out mm-hmm. to give you the money to make this deposit. When it's been such a clear problem, you know, everybody can see that, wait a minute, it's really, really hard to make a down payment these days. I think a big part of this is the regulation. You know, the same aspects of it that, you know, protect the financial system, protect customers, and, you know, try to ensure positive outcomes. It's the same thing that ultimately uh, makes it a lot more difficult, that provides more friction for new innovations that are coming to market. And I don't think I fully understood what I got into with this, if, um, if I'm being completely honest. But it, it takes a while. And like, it's, it's, about, it's about brand building for yourself. And like, what are you really trying to do here? It's about proving out that this product works with lenders and the FCA. And so that's one aspect. It's the, uh, you know, it's the regulatory side. I guess another aspect of it would be all the stakeholders that you need to really partner with. Because we, we have a unique view of the market. Yes, we're providing a loan to first-time buyers, but there's so many other different parties that you need to have on board in order to make this happen. There's the brokers that need to sell this and advise on it. There's the lenders that need to lend alongside this product. There's the capital providers and um, potentially home builders as well. You know, you need to make sure that you talk to everyone, understand their position, and then that's where the creativity and that's where really the fun kind of starts. And we're at a point where... I don't want to go into details, but we're in a place where we're feeling uh, fairly confident right now as to where we're going. It just takes time, it takes empathy, it takes patience in order to do this. It's always good to see innovation. It's always good to see people removing friction in a process and giving you better customer experience. It's making people's lives better, but there's only so much you can improve somebody's life by giving them access to a personal loan or credit card. It does take some of the costs away, and there is a poverty premium for people to access credit. But none of that makes quite the same difference that a home does. And I think in terms of the size of it and what it means for sort of future wealth building, but also just, you know, buying that first home, it's usually, you know, tied in with so many life events. You want to be able to make that, get that stress out, settle down, turn your mind to to other things that it's to me where, you know, the most benefit can come in. It's great to see that little bit of fintech coming through in that space. And this isn't just... Yeah, the world of the cheapest capital wins. There's spaces yet. I think it's really pleasing to hear that yeah, there's going to be a way to get onto that that ladder, which is, used to be a lot easier yeah, 30, 40 years ago. Then seemed impossible yeah. to bring it back to a world where it's possible. Is I want, I want to say for ages in the UK, 25 to 34, back in 1990, homeownership rate was like 60%. Now it's around 23 it's just gotten to a point where there needs to be a change of mindset about how we approach financing the home purchase. I think that now is that time for this change. There are 100% ways in which to do it that's in a safe, customer-friendly manner that it gets them on the ladder and helps them stay there. This comes back to you know some of the innovations that are going to be coming to the market over the next few years. You spoke there about being confident and having you know some things going on in the background. You're almost ready to announce what is next for OnLadder? What should we be looking out for? So we're still looking to solidify our partnerships. We have a few parties that are interested in conducting a pilot, but you know, right now it's you know getting all our ducks in a row, making sure that you know we answer all their questions before being able to get to market. Once we get to market, we'll conduct the pilot, perhaps a hundred to two hundred loans, and then you know from there we'll feel confident we'll have enough input. Uh, in order to make sure that we're delivering this properly. And then from there, hopefully we can go into uh, the scale-up mode and see how much of an impact we can truly have.
If people do want to go somewhere to learn more or just to check in from time to time, what is a good place for them to head to learn more about OnLadder? Yeah, uh, I would recommend people going to onladder.co.uk. It's our website. Sign up for our subscriber list. You know, I, I try to write up uh, you know interesting stories here and there. Currently working on getting some input from actual you know an actual surveyor, but we also do things like stories about how we built on ladder and just like how we you know how we came to the product that we have right now. We're not going to blitz your inbox, don't worry. But yeah, look at our website, subscribe, and uh, stay tuned for when we're going to officially launch. Yeah, and I, I think that it can feel when the world is like it is at the moment for home buyers that the system is sort of stacked against them. And then the banks who, yeah, obviously they're not the enemy, but they don't feel like partners because they're these 300-year-old institutes with marble Mm -hmm. statues. And it's refreshing, I think, to be able to see innovation that's come from the ground up from a problem experienced by yourselves, that it's not the bank having come with, hey, we've got a new mortgage product, where it can sometimes be a little bit out of touch with a thing like a first-time home buyer. And uh, yeah, been a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah. Thanks very much, Brendan. It was, it was a pleasure. And thank you all for listening. How to Lend Money to Strangers is written and produced by myself, Brendan LaGrange, and recorded today on location. Show music is by I Am Wake, and you can find more information, more content, and full written transcripts at www.howtolendmoneytostrangers.show. And I'll see you again next Thursday. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.